Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Navigate easily by powering apps like real-time GPS and voice assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. If you want to relive the feels on Grey's Anatomy, Hulu is here for you. What are you waiting for? Let's go. Every episode of Grey's Anatomy is now streaming on Hulu. Seriously. Every. I'm your person. Every. Now we dance it out. Every. McDreamy. Every. McSteamy. Every Grey's ever. Now streaming on Hulu. And the new season streaming March 15th. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. This is the most dramatic podcast ever. An iHeartRadio podcast. Chris Harrison here coming to you from the home office in Austin, Texas. I am unbelievably excited about the show today. And when I tell you what the subject matter is going to be, you're maybe going to be scratching your head. But the entire show today is dedicated to menopause, something that every woman who walks this earth is going to go through. Um, but it's something that as I have kind of dove into this, have realized that a lot of people don't know a lot about it. They don't know what to look for, when it's coming, what it means, why. Um, and it is kind of astounding to me and shocking and terrible that uh, we all don't know more, men and women. Um, but I know you might be thinking, Chris, you're a middle-aged man. Uh, you're going to be talking about menopause. Yes, I am, because I know my audience, and I know this is an important topic. And there are a lot of people that go on social media, and they, they talk like they're nutrition experts. They talk as if they know, and, and these people kind of get passed off as experts. Well, I made sure that we had the foremost expert. This woman uh, is active on social media, but she is bored certified OBGYN, has practiced for many years. She is also a mom, also a wife. She is a published author. Um, she has an incredible book called The Galveston Diet. I'm talking about Dr. Mary Claire Haver. And she was nice enough to join us so we could dive in and allow me to ask everything about menopause. Joining me now from her home in South Texas, just down the road from where I am here in Austin, Dr. Mary Claire Haver, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Now, I know you do a lot of this now between social media, 
TV, you name it. Um, you probably don't sit down with a lot of middle-aged men to discuss <laughs> menopause. Not very often, it, occasionally, but it's one of the uh, most enlightening conversations for me because I really get to see it from your perspective. And it really helps me guide you know, 50% of the population because you are affected just as much as we are because everything's changing in our bodies and our minds and how we're, you know, interacting with the world through this menopause process. And that's affecting your relationships as well. And uh, while I know just enough to be dangerous, I will admit <laughs> that I have cheated um, because I am engaged to a beautiful woman, Lauren Zima. I am raising a beautiful woman, Taylor, my daughter. They gave me some very important questions that they wanted to ask. And sure. my my team here at iHeart on the Most Dramatic Podcast Ever is probably 95% women. So they had questions. It was amazing when we started talking about menopause, doctor, how many women were lining up that had questions. And it's something they're all going to go through. It's something you think that we would all, but especially women, would be so knowledgeable about and we're not. Why is that? You know, there's um, several reasons. Everything from society to medical education and training to, you know, ageism. And so if you look at in medicine, which is, you know, what I'm an expert in, I can tell you from my own OBGYN residency training, which was amazing. I learned so many important things, but there was a just a sliver of time spent on menopause. And I thought nothing of it at the time, to mm -hmm. be honest. And there's also that little bit, well, a lot of, of it's kind of in her head, you know, like when, when a woman and a man with the exact same symptoms walk into the ER, say with chest pain, shortness of breath, some classic symptoms of a heart attack, she's much more likely to have a delayed diagnosis and to be thought, you know, have a mental health diagnosis rather than, a heart attack. And that is just kind of how we're trained. And so that that's a problem. Mm -hmm. Number two, we have the kind of classically medically recognized symptoms of menopause, hot flashes, night sweats, right. you know, um, changes in the female anatomy, et cetera. But what we're learning now is that there are probably 40 plus symptoms that can raise their head in menopause, and they're not recognized as being classically menopausal. From a society standpoint, you know, look at the Golden Girls. They're my age. <laughs> you know, I love that show. They were amazing. I mean, Blanche was still teaching. Right. And and it's like they were old ladies in my head. You know, the haircuts, the, the outfits and, and the way they approached life and health. I mean, they were wonderful. But just this kind of dismissal of this is the end of your mm -hmm. life when we're going to spend a third of our lives, a third, we're going to learn, learn, live 30 to 40 years in this menopausal state. And there's so much we can do to, to improve our lifespan and our health span throughout it. Well, what I found interesting is you mentioned going through med school and you are a board certified OBGYN. You have practiced for many, many years, worked with women, delivered babies, you name it. But from what I understand of your story, it wasn't until you went through menopause that you realized that the advice that you had been giving all the, those many years, probably not the best. Is that fair? That is very fair. Um, if, if someone came in with severe hot flashes, I knew what to do. Okay. Hormone therapy conversation, et cetera. But most of the patients, the number one complaint that they had in my office, and when I've talked to other menopause specialists and looked at, you know, thousands of years of patient data, 
the number one complaint really is weight gain and body composition changes, like new weight gain in places you never had it before and you really haven't changed your diet and exercise. So the advice that I'd been taught to give that I gave for years was work out more, eat less. We slow down a little as we get older. I mean, I cringe when I think of the things that came out of my mouth. Right. And then it happened to me. So embarrassingly, yes, my entry into this menopause world and to doing more research and trying to understand what's going on and why do I have such a gap in my education was around pretty cosmetic reasons of just some unwanted weight gain that was making me unhappy. But what I didn't realize, I mean, it was just the tip of the iceberg. And when I, when I, you know, cracked open the top and started, you know, ice diving, I was like, wait a minute, there's so many things here, cardiovascular disease risk, you know, um, neurodegenerative disease like Alzheimer's and dementia and hip pain, bone pain, joint pain, every organ system in our bodies affected by this. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense that, that we are, you know, one kind of living organism and everything is tied together in our bodies of course it's going to all be affected. I mean, it would be crazy not to, and it's going to affect people in different ways. And so I'm, I'm glad that not only you had this awakening, but now that there is, and don't get me started on social media, there's plenty of bad things out there, but people like yourself that are knowledgeable that can now speak out and just normalize this conversation that we're having. I feel like the biggest contribution I've made to this menopause conversation is trying to normalize it and just validating people. I, my DMs just blow up with, and I can't give personal medical advice. You know, it's against the law for me to practice medicine in another state. And so, but I'm just trying to calm people down. Like, yes, this absolutely could be could be related to your menopause. Here's the questions you can ask your healthcare provider. Here's the, you know, medications you might want to think about. Here's some supplements that might help. You know, just trying to get everybody on an equal playing field so that they can make an informed choice. I was looking at, I was trying to find, because I wrote it down. I can't remember where it was. The quote you just posted on your social media about, the validation of what you're going through. If you're going through menopause, having those symptoms validated. And I mm-hmm. love the quote that you put up. Like every woman deserves to have validation of what she's going through is real. And then in an, a, a decision, whether she chooses or not to pursue certain pharmaceutical options, that's that's up to her. But, you know, so much of that's being taken off the table. Yeah for so many women for at least the last 20 years. So what I'm going to do today is think of me as the arbitrary voice for all the amazing women in my life. Um, and so they, they lined up, I mean, pages of questions. So I'm going to jump in with the most important women in my life. First of all, my beautiful fiance, Lauren Zima. Um, she asked, what is paramenopause? That's a wonderful question. So most, you know, most people, women, men will understand that menopause represents kind of the end of your fertility. You're not going to have periods anymore. And you're something about hormones might stop functioning like they used to. So when in actuality, what happens, there are three kind of phases of this menopause journey. We have perimenopause, we have menopause, and then we have postmenopause. And I'll, well, let me define those for your followers. So menopause is really just one day in your life. It's kind of that you go up and then you go down. And so menopause represents the, the, the last day that your ovaries will ever function. There's no more estrogen to be produced there. You've run through all of the eggs that you were born with. And there's, you know, nothing. Everything after that point is postmenopause. Got it. Menopause represents a seven to 10 year time period when that function doesn't just shut down overnight. 
it is kind of a degradation. So we're born with all of our eggs, right? You guys aren't, you know, if you're born with, with the opposite gonads, you make your stuff fresh every day. Good for you. Yeah. You know, ask, but we, Robert, ask Robert De Niro, who's still making babies at 104. Yeah. yeah. And we are born with all of our, our gonads are set. We're done. Gotcha. Locked and loaded, ready to go. And we start losing eggs at about five months in utero. So we start, you know, so we're born with a certain amount. By the time we're 30, we're down to about 10% of what we were born with. And then when we're 40, we're down to about 3%. And those germ cells represent the ovarian production of estrogen, progesterone, and some testosterone as well. And so perimenopause is when you become symptomatic from this choo-choo train that's getting harder and harder to chug to get those last few eggs, you know, on the market, so to speak. And the quality of those eggs is decreasing as well, which is why we see more Down syndrome and other chromosomal abnormalities as a woman gets older and has children. So perimenopause, you know, if the average age of menopause in the U.S. is somewhere around 51, okay, but it's still very normal between 45 to 55, 56, mm -hmm to for that to be normal and then you do the math backing that seven to ten years back so somewhere between 35 and 45 a woman will probably start noticing she may not put her finger on it or recognize it as perimenopause but something is changing in her body without any real increase in stress no nutrition diet you know like everything's going she's living her best life and then right. uh, you know, outside of just aging, which does its own magic to us, you know. <laughs> that it does. Um, so this, Lauren and I very much believe in kind of preventative medicine of taking care mm -hmm. of yourself, your, your yeah. diet, gut health, et cetera. And I had yeah. this question a couple of times from not only Lauren, um, but my young producer, Kendall, uh, who's on the line with us right now. And they both kind of asked the same question of, what do I need to be doing for my hormones while I am in my mid twenties, while I am in my young thirties? Sure. Are there things Great I can question. do that will help alleviate or just help me get through menopause later? Sure. So how you show up in perimenopause, your baseline health status, those habits that you are locking into place is going to determine for most women how, how, much, how many symptoms you have, how mm -hmm. serious your menopause is, how life disruptive it is, as well as attenuate some of those cardiovascular risks that seem to accelerate and neurodegenerative risks as we get older. So for my children, you know, my girls are 19 and 22. They live and breathe this stuff, unfortunately, because they're, you know, yeah. my kids, <laughs> but they understand that they need to lock these health habits in now so that it's much easier. They'll have an easier menopause. Um, we can't, we haven't figured out yet how to prolong the shelf life of the ovaries. Like if, when that happens and there's some research being done for that to mm. delay menopause, Interesting. that's probably the thing that will improve quality of life, lifespan and health span in, in a female more than anything else is if we can delay menopause. You're already outlasting us anyway. How much longer do you want to yeah, be? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's, you know, for evolutionists are like, maybe this happened so that we didn't outlive men for so long Very, you know we already outlived right. five to seven years but take away menopause and we'll live forever <laughs> <laughs> but i don't doubt that um okay so the, the the last question from lz and again remember where this is coming from i'm going to read it uh in her voice doctor i'm afraid is my oh. vagina going to dry up will i be <laughs> vadrina vagina i've never heard that term that's awesome that is a medical term uh, that lz invented 
But vagina, um, more than likely, yes. So, but it's prevent. It's absolutely preventative. I mean, it's preventable. Preventable. So we we have our vagina, our vulva, our all of our you know bladder, all that tissue you know, basically from the pubic bone to the to the spinal cord is all super estrogenized. And when our estrogen levels begin declining in perimenopause, some more than others we will see a decrease in the amount of mucus we produce, the amount of mucus we produce with relations, as well as loss of elasticity. The tissue gets really thin and really irritated. And for a lot of women, probably 40 to 50%, you will have severe atrophy with, you know, dramatic pain and being uncomfortable with relations to the point where libido goes out the window because it hurts and you don't want to do it. Fortunately, there are safe, efficacious, and reasonably priced medication that can absolutely prevent that, and that is vaginal estrogen. And so we just put, we give you back the water you were drinking, and we put it in the vagina where you need it. And there's no, that's the one, there's no increased risk of blood clots, breast cancer at people with a blood clot with breast cancer can absolutely safely use this formulation of estrogen to keep that area healthy. It's the number one most effective treatment for recurrent bladder infections in menopause, not antibiotics, vaginal estrogen. Probably because of Hollywood and, you know, just the old, you know, scene we've seen, whether it was Golden Girls or every movie with uh, middle-aged women, you think hot flashes and menopause. Mm -hmm. So I want to dive into this a little bit because my daughter actually, uh, Taylor, who's 19, had a very interesting question. She's heard about hot flashes, but how much does your body temperature actually rise? Oh, that's such a good question. Thank you, Taylor. Um, Okay, so it's about one to three degrees. Okay. Like fever. So, you know, think about it. We're 98.6 is the average, you know, temp. Right. And then if we get up to 100, 100, 101, you know, 100.6 is a fever. Yeah, that's a solid fever if you're at 100, 101. Basically have a short-term fever and then your body in an effort to cool itself will dilate all the blood vessels of the skin. Usually in a a hot flash, typically the central area. So the head, the neck, shoulders, chest, back, groin. And dilate those blood vessels, which just drives the heat out and you just sweat like crazy. And then you're freezing because you're so wet. You know, your temperature goes back to normal, but you're soaking wet. So, yeah, it's about one to three degrees. Uh, Danielle, an amazing woman who works with me. um, Why does your body go through this? Why are you having hot flashes with menopause? What's actually happening? Yeah. So there's a thermoregulatory center in our brain um, that controls our body temperature. And that's the mechanism by which we have a fever, which is a physiologic response to an infection or medication, you know, adverse reaction, whatever. We don't know exactly how it happens, but there's something to do with declining estrogen levels. Estrogen kind of stabilizes that Mm -hmm. temperature center. And when you take that estrogen away, that it just becomes erratic and starts going off on its own without the usual chemical signal. I saw in your social media, uh, sorry to be, uh, you know, peeping on you, but you were talking about this nightgown that you created because your hot flashes have stopped. Yeah, but I'm still hot. Your body's still hot. So is that something you have to worry about? Once the hot flashes stop, your, your body temperatures is still like cooked. So you're inspiring me for my next TikTok. Like, here are the things that hormone therapy did not help me with. Okay. You know? And um, definitely my hot flashes, the ones that woke me up at night, mm-hmm. that pulled me out of a meeting, that you know embarrassed me in public, are gone. But I'm just in general hotter all the time. 
And so where I was always freezing, freezing, bundled up under the covers, going to bed with sweatpants. My husband's very excited. I'm not wearing his sweatpants to bed anymore. <laughs> um, and that I like have this great nightgown I've worn for years and I just cut the arms out of it, <laughs> like wear it like a trucker because I was so hot at night still. So hormone replacement therapy can do so many wonderful things for our bodies, but it's not, I can't give you back your 25 year old ovaries. Right. You know, that, that, and that's okay. I think most women are fine with that. They're right. not expecting that, but they just want to be able to sleep and get on with our lives. Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Navigate easily by powering apps like real-time GPS and voice assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hannah asked, um, how do you know when you are actually in menopause? That's a really good question. So um, if you were a normal, regularly menstruating person, mm -hmm. okay, you had a period every month, and suddenly that stops. If you're over the age of 45, and you have not had a cycle when it was regular before, 
for a year. That is the definition of menopause as far as using clinical symptoms to make the diagnosis. Now, say you've had a hysterectomy or an ablation or some procedure or, or surgery where you don't have periods anymore. Well, sometimes just on the symptoms, we can make the diagnosis and your age, you know, clinically, there is a blood test that we can use to diagnose complete menopause, that postmenopausal state. But because hormones fluctuate so wildly in perimenopause, Mm -hmm. we don't really have good blood, urine, saliva tests to diagnose that. It's a clinical diagnosis. You need a menopause-friendly provider who knows what they're doing, who's willing to talk to you, help untangle some of the other diseases that kind of look like perimenopause, like hypothyroidism or an autoimmune disease. You know, when I'm doing blood work, hormones is not the first thing I check in a perimenopausal woman. It's thyroid. It's nutritional deficiencies. It's a blood count to look for anemia, you know, based on her symptoms. You're you're speaking of a normal period. Um, Blair asked a very interesting question. Does the age you get your period affect when you start menopause? Uh, For example, if you started your period very late in life, does that mean menopause will come later? Yes. It's not a huge contributor, but we do see that women who go through, and I think it's before the age of 11, tend to have earlier menopause Mm -hmm. than women who don't. And then therefore going through later, because again, we're born with a finite amount of eggs. And so if you kind of let them sleep for longer, you'll have more that'll last you in your older age. It's not huge. There's a lot of environmental things that go into what, you know, genetics, exposure to certain chemicals, you know, different things that affect when we go through menopause. Well, you talk about that exposure to chemicals and just different foods and how our foods have changed. And again, I'm a big believer in diet and gut health and all that. How young can you start menopause? And have you seen that number change over the years? Like, for example, I went through this with my daughter is like girls are hitting puberty quicker. Um, you know, whether Um, it's the milk, whether, whatever you want to say it is, things have changed and they're happening faster. That's a good question. So we definitely know that women are, are girls are going through menarche or puberty earlier than they did a hundred years ago. Mm -hmm. That isn't, that is a fact. Um, we think it's improved nutrition actually. So like a hundred years ago, you know, feast Mm -hmm. and famine and all those things. Um, and then there's, they also have more body fat now, and that is leading to higher estrogen levels, which is contributing to this earlier puberty. So we think on the back end, we haven't seen that age of menopause change quite yet. They're kind of driven by two different things. So we know that smokers go through menopause early. So that's a definite okay something that we know is not good for us and attacks our body. Reason 6,792 not to smoke. Um, definitely, you know, surgery is a risk factor. Radiation, chemotherapy, those are all risk factors for earlier menopause. I've seen menopause in their 20s and it's rare, but you have certain autoimmune conditions that will attack the ovaries and destroy them before their time. Um, uh, so premature menopause is before the age of 40 and that's about 2% of the population. And and. Is that a reason for concern? Is it obviously you would yes. get it checked out? So, so you know, estrogen is a protective hormone mm-hmm. in so many organ systems in our bodies, definitely in our brains, in our hearts, uh, in the blood vessels of the heart and our bones and, you know, our, our female organs. When you go through menopause earlier and you are not replaced with hormone replacement therapy, you have a much higher risk of cardiovascular disease, stroke, diabetes, inflammatory conditions, osteoporosis than a woman who went through five, 10 years later. 
Um, so those, it's really serious. If any of your listeners have gone through premature menopause, they have got to see a physician who knows what they're doing and get on hormone replacement therapy. You know, there's definitely, there's risks of being on any medication, correct? Right. And we've all known about the breast cancer risk and that's been walked back. It's a very small risk and it's really up to the patient and her family history, et cetera. But there are risks of not being on hormone replacement therapy, which is the conversation I'm trying to bring to the table. Interesting. Um, Avery wanted to know, does menopause, because you hear a lot about this, it's right up there with, uh, I would say, just if, if hot flashes are one, sex drive would be two that everybody talks about. It's the old cliche. Does menopause affect your sex drive? Yes. Um, we definitely see one of the cardinal symptoms of menopause, and it's not for everyone, but it is much more common, is less sexual feelings is the way that we kind of describe it. So this is probably a, a topic that most of your followers will be interested in. So when we talk about sexual function in a woman, mm-hmm. um, there's usually five buckets of areas that she is going to have issues, and they can overlap. So the first is a relationship issue. So if you're not happy, you don't feel supported, you feel like whatever, you know, you're not happy with the partner, that's normal that you're not going to want to have sex. Okay. Then there is pain. If it hurts, we got to fix that, you know, before we address. So then there leaves desire, arousal, and um, orgasm. So desire is what happens in the brain. Arousal is the physiologic response to a stimulus. So all the things that happen in the pelvis to get you ready, things elongate, blood gets engorged, just like in a man. Mm -hmm. And then there is orgasm. So so we kind of address each of those. They have different treatment options. Most women who are in a nice relationship, they love their partner. They want this, you know, they miss it. They they want to go back to the level that they were. They're just feeling really sad about it. That's a pure desire issue. And so there's a couple of medications that um, can be helpful. Again, it's a complicated pathway. There's some great books out there and great podcasts on this whole subject. But um, Addy and Vilesi, again, I'm not paid by these people, but um, are two medications that increase dopamine in the brain. They are FDA approved, and um, but they are pretty expensive and not covered by insurance. But some patients go that route. And then testosterone can actually be helpful, especially in postmenopause, for a woman to help her be more reactive to the stimulus um, that she wants and, and get that part of her life back. Because I guess, so the, another one of my, uh, uh, I won't, I won't name her because I don't know if she wants her name on, on this one, but she said, you know, it feels like I can't orgasm as easily anymore. And obviously this is, if you're, if you're to that point and you're, and you know, you're just not orgasming, clearly you are wanting this, you're stimulated and you're just not reaching that Right. And so that's a whole different class and different medications. What happens is a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, give me testosterone. I just need that to fix me. And that's not going to help in certain conditions. So I always have that conversation with my patients. And um, there's a, a wonderful book called Come As You Are by Dr. Emily Nagowski, who really does a deep dive on this subject. So any person who's struggling with this and and wants that back in their life and is feeling kind of broken, then that's a wonderful book to read because it really helps lay out what your treatment options are and and really makes you feel like you're not alone. Whatever whatever publicist uh, came up with the title of that book, that's a, yeah. one. Like, <laughs> a well good done. one. Well done. Come as you are. Um, diet is so important. And so I just went to this medical conference again. I'm a bit of a nerd. And I was listening to these doctors who are kind of rearranging the way they're thinking about medicine instead of, you know, you get sick, 
you you do this, you get cancer, you do this. Trying to look ahead of all this and obviously gut health and diet is a huge part of it. What I found yeah. interesting is what you said about menopause and doctors and students only getting about an hour's worth of knowledge. They said the same thing about diet. Which, about nutrition. Yeah. yeah, nutrition. It shocked me and stunned me that they, they just back in the day, just, and even now maybe are still just not spending much time on nutrition and how huge that is. And so my question is, are there things that women could be eating, drinking? Mm -hmm. What can they be doing that will help the inflammatory issues? Absolutely. And I wrote a whole book about it. (laughs) It's called the Galveston diet, everybody, just so you know. (laughs) I went back to school. I was so frustrated with my lack of knowledge and so hungry from no pun intended, for more information and and wanted to better myself. You know, I just felt pulled and drawn to do this. Like on my own dime, I found this culinary medicine program at Tulane and, you know, enrolled and it took about 18 months and I had to like fly around to go do different labs and different coursework. And it just was the best thing ever. And I was like, gosh, we should have taught this in medical school. You know, this would really, really help. And so much of it is preventative and really putting a framework around nutrition. We might get an hour of nutrition, you know, lectures in our um, medical school and residency training. Um, My daughter started med school a couple of weeks ago and her undergrad degree is in nutrition science. So I'm like, honey, you're doing it right. You know, (laughs) I mean, especially what we know now. I mean, I get it. You know, 10, 20 years ago, we all thought it was about medicine and pharma and all that. But now, now we know it is so linked to our nutrition and our gut health. Right. So like top tips for for someone in perimenopause and menopause are look at how much fiber you're getting in your diet. You know, and and, and one way to do that and it's pretty effective is download a free nutrition tracker. I'm not trying to, you know, stress anyone out or or give them, you know, neuroses about it if this is going to trigger something and you don't do it. But so many of us, it's like using cash instead of a credit card. You don't really know what you're eating. You think you're eating healthy. And right. I thought I was eating healthy for a long time. It said healthy on the bag. So, okay. <laughs> right. Um, so track your fiber intake. How much are you really getting through your food? And we should be getting at least 25 grams of fiber in our diet per day and a mix of soluble and insoluble fiber. You know, insoluble fiber is what bulks up our stool and makes it kind of run through quicker, but the soluble fiber is dissolvable and that's what feeds our gut microbiome and keeps it healthy. And so, and when you're eating food sources, you know, from various foods, then you're getting so many other vitamins, minerals, and nutrients, you know, that are part of that fiber package. Um, So make sure you're getting 25 grams of fiber in your diet per day. Number two, watch the added sugars in food. So I know the whole keto movement kind of threw all sugars, all sugars are bad, whatever fruits and vegetables were, you know, that's probably, you know, not the healthiest way you better option. Sure. It's a way to lose weight, but at what cost? And so when you lose fruits and vegetables, you are losing a tremendous amount of nutrients and, um, and so my nutrition professor was like, well, Mary Claire, nobody got fat eating blueberries, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he was kind of a cowboy, but, it's you know, true, and that really so true. sat home with me, like, why are we demonizing fruits and vegetables yeah. um, when we, there's so many things in our diets that we're eating routinely that could probably be, you know, done in very much moderation and replacing that with fruits and vegetables. So 
um, added sugars are the sugars added in cooking and processing and alcohol. And so limiting those to 25 grams per day or less. So that's not saying never, you can't have a cookie or, you know, celebrate right. a birthday or however you want to do that. But women who consistently less than 25 grams of added sugars per day have less visceral fat, better menopause symptoms, you know, everything is better in their Type lives. Type 2 diabetes, you name it. All of it. Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Navigate easily by powering apps like real-time GPS and voice assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees, every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This next question is kind of specific to their diet. Um, Amy, who I do know uh, very well, dear friend of mine, she's 49, uh, breaking into that 50 club, clearly going through menopause, eating edamame, salmon, and having sex has helped my hot flashes. Is this normal? Amazing. Absolutely. So um, the sex is optional and <laughs> love it, do it for sure. It's a great way to stress relief. 
Um, but edamame is um, rich in phytoestrogens. And so we've looked at women throughout the world and and hot flashes specifically. And women in Asia have less hot flashes than women who are Eurocentric. Interesting. And um, we think it's because their their diets are so rich in phytoestrogens. So phytoestrogen is an estrogen-like compound found in foods. And so the soy kind of got a bad rap because of, you know, possible links to breast mm -hmm. cancer. That has never played out. Actually, women who have diets rich in natural soy who eat edamame or soybeans on occasion um, have lower risk of breast cancer and probably fatty fish with good oils and et cetera. Yes, exactly. The omega threes, um, definitely the fatty fish with the good oils is going to decrease your risk of hot flashes. So a couple more symptom questions. Uh, Sadie brought this up, apparently a uh, Beverly Hills housewife fan. She said, Erica Jane, a Beverly Hills housewife claims she lost weight. Thanks to menopause. Is this the truth? And can menopause just as easily make you lose weight as gain weight? Um, so here's what we know. Uh, women tend to gain weight as we age. It's more to do with getting older and loss of muscle mass and replacement of that muscle mass with fat. And so I don't talk about, I try not to talk about weight in terms of the scale. I talk about muscle mass and fat mass and visceral fat to be specific. So, um, subcutaneous fat is the fat we've known our whole lives. Mm -hmm. It's under our skin. It gives us curved cellulite. We don't like it. It's cosmetically distressing, but it's really, unless it's a lot, it's not that dangerous. Visceral fat starts really expanding in menopause. That is the fat inside of our abdomen. Our omentum wraps around our internal organs. And that fat is pro-inflammatory and linked to hypertension, diabetes, stroke, and all the mm -hmm. chronic diseases. It makes you feel terrible and, and look kind of pregnant. And so, so many women are seeing an increase in their abdominal circumference where they never had it before, you know, and that is causing insulin resistance increasing inflammation levels. And so some of those nutritional things I talked about, the added sugars, the fiber, actually probiotics and turmeric have been shown to help bring that visceral fat level down and decrease inflammation markers. You mentioned something and you, you just said it right there. And you also said this on uh, social media. I found it very interesting. Um, again, just kind of being in this world and, and loving this science behind it, especially with women, the percentage of muscle you lose as you age and I've, correct me if I'm wrong, but what you were saying is don't just worry about the scale. Don't worry about how much you weigh. Don't just worry about jumping on a treadmill. Think about gaining some muscle and keeping muscle. that, sustaining that muscle as you get older. Right. And that is huge for a woman. That is one of the biggest lessons I've learned through this whole like journey that I've been on, you know, learning nutrition classes, look at talking to other experts, you know, figuring out what Peter T is trying to say, you know, and applying that to us as females when you add in the endocrine aging through menopause. And what we see in menopause is acceleration of the muscle mass loss, which is immediately replaced. You know, the scale may be you know, whoever the housewife is, right. she may be like, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. But if she's replacing, you know, losing muscle mass and replacing it with fat, she's not healthier. She won't live as long. Because she's muscle gonna... weighs more than fat. Mm -hmm. And so my own workouts have changed for 25 years, 30 years. I worked out to be thin. That was my goal. I wanted right. to look a certain way. I wanted to fit in certain clothes. I had skinny privilege. And now if I could do anything like your 25 year olds, your staffers, they're my, my kids are much better about this than I was at that age. They're not so focused on being thin. 
they know they need to be strong. When they work out, they lift weights. Yeah. You know, they're not just running or doing aerobics or doing something cardio. They know that that's part of it, but they recognize the importance of muscle training and keeping it up. And ladies, don't worry. Everyone says, oh, I don't want to bulk up. You're not going to bulk oh, you up. Won't bulk You're up. not Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> you won't bulk up. No, it's so important. Alexandra uh, has a, a very interesting issue. She says, my hair is thinning, but I'm also growing a beard. What's up with that? <laughs> That is just one of the most common things that I hear in menopause is you're losing hair from places you want it, but it's popping up in, in new places where you never had it. I will say this is so, where men and women are, are equal. We typically, I know I have a good head of hair thanks to my mom, but typically we lose our hair up top pretty early and then it just starts going elsewhere. So gaining it in the yeah. back. <laughs> so, um, so we'll talk about the chin hair and the, and the hair, the new hair that we don't want. Right. That's usually hormonal. And so, um, as our estrogen levels decline, our liver stops making something called steroid hormone binding globulin. It's it's basically a protein that carries our sex hormones around. Mm -hmm. And when they're bound to the protein, they're not active. And so even though your levels might be the same, if you don't have as much as that protein, the activity of some of those hormones is going to be higher. And so we see in this transition, the activity of our androgens gets higher, even though our levels are maybe lower or the same. And that's leading to new fun I have one right here that I always do surveillance for on my chin. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so there, fortunately, we have lots of cosmetic ways to rid ourselves of those pesky right. hairs and or just pluck them and get on with your day. But hair loss on your head is a little more complicated because there's multiple things that can cause that. We have genetic issues, nutritional issues, of course, hormone issues. I have a YouTube video, if anyone cares where I talk about all the ways women can lose hair and all the different treatment options. Sometimes it takes a visit to a dermatologist to figure out what's really going on. Another symptom that uh, is often not talked about, um, but she asked, I sometimes leak urine or can't make it to the bathroom in time. Is yeah. this something I just have to live with? Absolutely not, no. So urinary incontinence can be one of the most devastating hallmarks of menopause because it's so life disruptive and yeah. it's frankly embarrassing. Yeah. And so there's basically three buckets of, of incontinence. Again, one is stress incontinence, which is you cough, you laugh, you sneeze, you, you put pressure on the bladder and it leaks where it used to not. You used to be able to go out with your girlfriends, laugh, tell a story and you wouldn't leak. And that is an anatomic issue. You have overridden the pressure valve that, that held the urethra up. And having babies, smoking, being overweight, that's all contributing factors and loss of hormones from menopause. So for some patients, just getting them on hormone therapy or putting estrogen back will help strengthen that tissue back up where you can hold that valve back. Then there's urge incontinence, which is an, an autonomic spasm of the bladder. You're not telling your brain to do anything. It just kind of, sometimes it's a key in the lock or there's some kind of a trigger, but you feel like you have to go and you run to the bathroom immediately and it's just running down your leg. And so that is treated with medication to relax the walls of the bladder. And then there's a neurogenic bladder, pretty rare, usually in diabetics or, or uh, spinal cord injuries, where you lose the ability, your brain cannot get yeah. the signal that the bladder's full and you need to pee. And so most women have stress or urge or combination of the two. And there's fortunately urogynecologists who can help you. They're specialists in what I did, and they did more training um, to help you kind of figure out what's going on and get you the right treatment. I'm not sure if this uh, came with the hot flash issue, but Lisa asked, what can I do uh, if I have trouble sleeping, which is something else that probably comes with the hot flashes and everything. 
Yes. Um, sleep disruption is one of the top complaints more than hot flashes. And so, and it's, it's complicated. Um, definitely if your hot flashes are waking you up, then sleep, then, you know, hormone replacement therapy can be really, really helpful for you. Um, there's a lot of, you know, environment things that you can do, like cooling the room and you know, things that I kind of took for granted before that I absolutely have to have the right pillow, the right blanket, the right nightgown, the right, you know, I also, my alcohol tolerance in menopause has gone away and one glass of wine and I will not sleep. And that is a choice. If I choose to drink, I'm choosing to not sleep and you know, you know what's coming. So I know what's coming. And so and I, you have to prioritize your sleep in menopause. Like you have to prioritize your muscle. You have to prioritize your sleep or it's going to go away. And so hormone therapy can go a long way. I sleep beautifully now as long as I don't drink. But again, sleep's more complicated. There's, you know, you have to make sure you have all the sleep hygiene things done. Mm -hmm. Same bedtime, you know, um, I did a podcast with a sleep specialist and uh, basically she treat about, us like we uh, are children. When you have kids, right. you swear by that schedule. Do not get off the schedule. Yeah. Swear by the schedule. Same late bed, night, same time. Cranky babies. Yeah. I mean, that's us now. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes full circle, doesn't it? Um, okay. I, can I be a guy for two seconds? Sure. Do men go through anything menopause? similar? Yeah. Menopause. Um, so I've looked at this data. And um, the main air way that we make testosterone, both men and women, um, about 50% in a woman is from the adrenal glands for androgens. And then we make some in about half or in, in the ovaries. Um, and so men, it's mostly from the testicles um, and then some from precursors from the adrenal glands as well. We see your peak for men at about 19 and then it kind of gently drifts down to about 40. And for the vast majority of men from 40 till death, it remains about the same. What happens is there's a very large intervariability of testosterone levels between men, where normal is 200 and I think 56 to about 1,000. Mm -hmm. Okay. Most men don't feel okay till they're about 400. Right. So that's still a pretty wide window. Yeah, for sure. Variability. And so- Aging does a lot to us. And so you're kind of, you know, living your best life going about and then the aging factors kicked in, you know, you're getting older, things are slowing down. Sometimes a little extra testosterone can help you improve performance, feel better, you know, muscle performance, brain, right. all the things Recovery, like estrogen, everything. there are testosterone receptors throughout our body. And so this is not my area of expertise. So there's not a menopause. No, we do see a gentle decline and then a kind of a stabilization about age 40. But for some men, testosterone supplementation in physiologic ranges can be really helpful to help them feel better and perform and function better. I, I, I'm not going to say he deserves a book, but if you could go back and write your husband a pamphlet, <laughs> a, a how-to guide, to help oh, you gosh. and be there for you as you're going through menopause. Are there some things that you would tell other men that gosh, are going to be know, going through this with their significant other? That's such a good question. I went through, so I was on birth control pills for most of my perimenopause. So mine was kind of maxed. Okay. And then I came off and then, and if you read my book, one of my brothers passed away. And so I was going through this like horrific life event and perimenopausal. 
I was gaslighting myself. He didn't know what the hell to do with me. I mean, I was not sleeping, sweating, flashing, crying, dramatic. I mean, everything, my brother died. And I was like crying all the way home from work. I'd go to clinic and patch myself together and take care of patients and go be the, you know, then come home and the whole way home. And I didn't even recognize my own perimenopause. Yeah. <laughs> I thought and I was you're just a doctor. <laughs> and I just thought I was crazy and grieving. And then one day, like the grief got better. And I was like, you know, I realized I wasn't a sad whatever, but I was still miserable. I felt horrible. That joint pain for me was like, okay, I, I'm dying. Something is wrong. And he's just tiptoeing around, scheduling a lot of, you know, trips out of town, you know, just like. Just scared <laughs> to death. He's scared to death. So I think, I think the more we talk and the more we educate and the more women get on board with being able to recognize their own symptoms and empower and educate themselves and then their partners getting on board, I think it's going to make, I really hope it's going to decrease the divorce rate at this age, you know? And so, so much of divorce is lack of communication and, right. and not understanding where the other person's coming from. And so, I mean, it was also a really rough time in our marriage as well. I'm sure. You know, we just I mean, weren't communicating. It's like a stranger so, moves in. Yeah. Yeah. And so he didn't know what to do. He's just living his life. You know, everything's fine. And, so, and some of this stuff can be embarrassing. So maybe the takeaway is for both sides, communicate. Communicate. Try anyway. But I think if he would have touched me on the shoulder and said, could you be menopausal? I would have killed him. <laughs> you know, because of this negative stereotype right. of menopause at the time. How dare you? <laughs> 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 so so i guess uh your advice would be keep your head down uh and uh plan a bunch of golf Educate trips yourself you know yeah. there's um there's great books out there you know open the conversation i think though the conversation needs to start with her yeah. and her saying something in my body is changing you know i can't tell you i have a menopause clinic now that's all i do i don't do babies or surgery i just take care of menopause patients and probably 15, 20% of them will bring in a loved one, mm -hmm. usually their partner, who just want to hear it, who just want to be part of the solution, who want to be helpful. And it's really just touches me so much to see that. Um, I, you know, I mean, it's not like it, but I guess it's somewhat like going through childbirth where when you go through it all together and you hear it all and you're educated at the same time, uh, it makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. And it, and yeah. it, it probably allows the communication to, to flow a little bit better. Um, doctor, I can't thank you enough. Um, I have absolutely loved this, believe it or not. I don't know if that's weird Aww. or not, but, um, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Well, thank you. I love talking about this. It's my passion. You are phenomenal at it. Uh, the way you articulate it and, uh, put it in these bite-sized pieces. And by the way, just if you, uh, don't want to just listen to me, talk to the doctor, find her on Instagram because you put up so much good stuff. I know you're on TikTok as well. I'm not, but find you on TikTok. Clearly you have YouTube videos at Dr. Uh, Mary Claire on Instagram. Um, you also have the book, the Galveston yeah. diet. And our website is galvestondiet.com. Okay, galvestondiet.com. And are you working on another book? I am. So it's called The New Menopause. Okay. And take everything I just said in the last hour and expand it times 100. And I really want it to be a, a critical resource guide for patients and partners and loved ones to understand what's out there, what's available, what the symptoms might be. It's something you would hand a 20, 30 year old. So she's ready. Yeah. You know, remember that it's like what to expect when you're never going to expect again. Right. Uh, and, that, and by the way, what a great thing, because it, it is, as we started this whole conversation, 
it is astounding to me that we don't do more to educate women for something that you are all going to go through. 100%. And we just kind of blindly and hopefully maybe your mom's mentioned something and that's how you that's how you get educated. So hopefully you are kind of breaking down that barrier and knocking down that wall. So at least at the very least you can see what's coming and understand it when it hits. That's it. Doctor, thank you. Thank you so much You're for welcome. the time, for the knowledge. And uh, we need to do this again. Um, I'd love to. We will continue this conversation because it is incredibly important. So thank you so much. Okay. Take care. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at the most dramatic pod ever. And make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars. I'll talk to you next time. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Hey there, are you tired of looking and looking for the perfect gift? I am going to make this easy for you. One store, one unforgettable gift she'll cherish always. M. Robinson Fine Jewelers wants to help you celebrate the most important woman of all, mom. With only the finest diamonds, most exquisite jewelry, and world-class selection of women's watches. You'll have no problem finding something truly special that she'll cherish for years to come. Take care of her in a way deserving of how she takes care of everyone else. View their collection online at mrobinsonjewelers.com.